All right, everyone, welcome to the Lakers Outsiders podcast. My name is Donnie McHenry. I'm joined by, tonight by my two good pals who are always joining me, always blessing me with their time. We've got uh, Raj Apollo. Raj, how you doing? Uh, I'm doing all right. Um, I feel like we always record after the most worst <laughs> situations. It's just absolute Armageddon every time we hop on here. But uh, yeah, let's have some fun. So I'm, so where we're at right now, we're going to have a sad pod tonight. Uh, today, yes. if you're listening. Sad pod. Last week was a good pod, actually. It's all the title, good pod. But the week before that was also a sad pod. Uh, so. Yes. I think the ratio week? of like sad pod to happy <laughs> pod hasn't been. <laughs> Next week we're due for a happy pod if that trend continues. So we'll see. We will see. Uh, also joined by my good old good old pal Chris Walton. Walt, how you doing tonight? Doing good, man. Ready to roll around in the garbage. Yeah, let's uh, <laughs> let's just go ahead and get into it. Um, I guess I'm going to kind of start this off by asking you guys a question. Uh, I was going to ask if the Lakers have an issue in the clutch. Um, ask if they lack a certain clutch gene, as uh, I feel like pundits have put it throughout the years. But while I was Do kind they of have thinking that about dog this, in them? Is that yeah, saying? while while I was thinking about this, I thought of a better, simpler, more 2022 appropriate question to kick this off and. That's what you just said. Do the Lakers? Do the Lakers just not have any dog in them? No, just no dog in them at all. Um, before we kind of, before I kind of throw that question to you guys, let me just recap the last three games: Friday versus 76ers, Philly. Raj is like, can can we not? <laughs> 76ers, Philly, shockingly, just lets them back into the game. Reason AD each miss a free throw late um, with one, and almost certainly both of those probably sealing the game for them. They go to OT. Russ misses a ton of shots. 76ers win. I'm going to try and keep this short and sweet. Uh, Sunday, they play the Pistons. They lead throughout, and they have Russ play no minutes in the fourth quarter. Easily close the game. All right, sweet. Now, recently, on Tuesday, they lose to the Celtics in overtime. Lakers were down uh, big in the third quarter. They are down pretty much all game up to that point. Rallied back with what I thought was really, really good um, half-court defense. They have a th- The Lakers, Lakers have a 13-point lead with right around four minutes left in the game, and they just blow it. Like, they just absolutely blow it. Uh, AD misses two free throws late. Uh, I think there was 28 seconds left in the game. Misses both free throws at the charity stripe. That would have made it 112 to 108. Instead, it's 110, 108. Tatum goes down, hits the game tying basket right in LeBron's face. But wait, we got overtime. Okay, we got overtime. A whole lot of Russ pick and rolls with AD. Uh, they worked at first. Defense completely stops guarding Russ. They have Luke Cornett on Russ. And by when when I say Luke Cornett's on Russ, I mean he's ten feet away from him, just <laughs> letting him do whatever he wants on the perimeter. Mm. Paint gets muddied because of that. Russ is left wide open on a ton of jump shots. He misses them all. LeBron and AD are gassed because they, I believe, played the entire fourth quarter. Is that correct? Entire fourth, yes. And, and, and then obviously overtime. the entire overtime. Uh, they were extremely gassed. Long story short, the horror story got even more horrifying in overtime. Uh, I think Celtics end up winning by four. I can't even remember the final score. It doesn't even matter. 
Raj, I'll start with yeah. you. I was putting you through torture there. Do the Lakers just not have any dog in them? Do they not have the clutch gene? And then more seriously, like what stood out most to you about this loss against them, uh, against our bitter rivals, the Celtics? Well, you know, we said they played the whole fourth quarter. Anthony Davis played the whole second half. Whole second half um, for a, a game in the middle of December. Uh, Ed played the whole second half, and, you know, he's not just out there guarding some corner three-point shooter. Like, he's our entire defense. Looked gassed at the end, which is why I can't really blame him for missing two free throws. Like, I'm not blaming the guy that dropped 37 and 15 and was 11 and, what, 15 for the line. You know, that's really tough for me to get on that guy. I think LeBron played most of the second half. I don't think he played the full, but... I don't know, Donnie, you and Walt are movie fans. Like, I feel like I've seen this movie 500 times. Like, I've seen the ending 300 times. The plot switches, the characters kind of flip. But, like, I feel like this movie has come a million times. And when I saw, you know, the Lakers give that little look of, like, oh, let's just start walking. Let's walk back on in transition. Let's walk back, you know, in – uh. Let's walk on offense. Let's just walk up the floor. And these numbers are insane. So they're 27th in crunch time defense. 27th in crunch time defense. They are dead last. Dead last in uh, crunch time offense. Right behind the San Antonio Spurs. They are a negative 35 point something net rating uh, in crunch time. That's a team with LeBron and AD on it. Like that, they're getting their. It's not just they're not like playing well. They're getting destroyed in crunch time. And to me, I don't think it's like a trend anymore. I don't think you know, like I don't think it's like some small blimp. I think this is something that's uh, just constantly occurring. They are four and eight in close games. Four yeah. and eight could easily be one in eleven. Like four and eight. In close games, that title year they were like fifty-one and zero, leading after the fourth fourth quarter. I don't mm-hmm. know if you guys remember that stat. Um, the Lakers Twitter account would make sure to post that every single time. But that was uh, a good yeah. stat. That was a no, really it was an stat. amazing. It's a great stat. You should you know memorialize that stat. But um, yeah, that's where I go with this. And I I don't like blaming Russell Westbrook. I don't like blaming one particular person anytime. But I feel like it always goes back to the same conversation we had in July. Realistic, really. I, I mean, honestly, you don't really. Well, I guess I'll start with this. Well, Raj had my brain going when he brought up the movie thing. Could, well, well, do you think a good uh, movie franchise to compare the Lakers to, to keep this analogy going, would be like the Fast and the Furious movies? Oh, yeah. They just keep, yeah. you know. Always gonna be relevant, you know what I'm saying, Ooh. but it's always some kind of internal strife. You know what I mean? I didn't even think about always that. Somebody warning each other. They're always gonna be yeah. relevant. Uh, ooh, ooh. Oh, okay. Here we go. This is getting better and better. They're always gonna be relevant. They're getting worse and worse as they come out. Yep. They had a nice. They had a nice little run there in the in the middle beginning. The middle beginning around like four and five had a nice little run there. But now it's completely falling off a cliff in quality. 
And then guess what? Yeah, I was I, I was gonna be a big draw. Always gonna be a, and guess what? It's it's all about family. It's all about the family business. Oh man, mm-hmm. we've got a banger here. We've got a banger. I'm <sighs> I'm attributing this this to Raj. This oh, is this a good is, one. This, this, this is going on TikTok for and this sure. Is, and this is perfect. And this is perfect timing after the Vin Diesel Instagram picture of you guys better bring Brittany Griner home by Christmas, where he's where Dick he's Griner home by Christmas, <laughs> where he's sitting right. Raj doesn't even know what we're talking about. I have, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm no like clue. I'm like combining so many like pop culture names into one thing. Like he's like Brittany Griner. When did Brittany get into this? No, I I do she came, I do she came. I didn't know about Vin Diesel. Um, I was gonna say you don't Instagram know about the but, orchestrating it all. You don't yeah, know. Yes, no, you, I, <laughs> you don't know about the Diesel Instagram. We'll we'll show you we'll show you Diesel that man. after this. Um, but yeah, like while I mean, I know I know your answer. Does this team have any dog in them? Man, nah. Nah, it, and it, even if you you know what I'm saying you get past like all the supervisor stuff you talk about clutch gene and you know, all mm-hmm. these little like little lingo that you hear on like espn and stuff like just from a all right an x's and o's and an execution standpoint mm-hmm. they just over the last few years haven't been able to do it like they've always been like shaky from the free throw line unfortunately our stars have yeah um and then i i just loathe i loathe this with any team any player but i just hate like when players not named Steph Curry because of, you know, what he does best settles for that hero three, mm-hmm. like when it's a tie game. Like, I feel like all tie games, you should be trying to get to the rim. Mm-hmm. Like, like put the onus on the ref to, like, make the decision, especially being LeBron. Like, man, just just if you're going to settle for a sidestep contested three, you might as well just get the switch. And granted, like, he might have been tired. But you might as well get the switch on Grant Williams again. You know, you know you like all out of bullets and you got one bullet left. Just try to get to the rim and just hope you get, you know, slapped or sell the call. Anything, man. Like, just don't do that. I knew as soon as he he attempted that three and the way that it missed, I was like, yeah. Overtime going to be tough to, uh, to, to get back to where we were. They got us his lead and everything. I, I was, I'm glad you bring up that, like, final play. Um, at the end of regulation, because I was just watching it, I feel like they could have started because AD came up and like act like he was about to set a screen, and then it was like he came up to like set that screen. It was like four or five seconds left on the clock, and like you could tell AD was kind of just like, all right, like we don't even have enough time to get into this action. No. Let me just go to the rim. Like my boy LeBron's Hopefully taking not. a hero ball three. Like we can already see this is coming. And I was just thinking, like, man, why didn't they just get into that action sooner, go into pick and roll, both of them dive towards the rim, try and maybe get a foul call. And if you don't get a foul call, I'll take LeBron and AD going at the rim as hard as they can against freaking Luke Cornett and Jason Tatum. I will take that all day, every day. And then, yeah, like right when I saw AD take the, like, you know, decide he wasn't going to do the screen, I was like, Pfft. Well, granted, I watched the game when I already knew the result, so I knew LeBron was going to miss it. But I was like, "Yeah, here we go, here we go, man." Um, so yeah. here's the here's well here's the over. So again, like I feel like we have had this conversation fifty million times, and teams do the exact same thing. They put their center right. So Boston put Luke Cornett on Russell Westbrook. The Clippers put Ivica Zubac on Russell Westbrook. 
mm-hmm. the Pacers put whoever on Russell. Like, it's the exact same thing, and then LeBron and AD just aren't aggressive to that point down the stretch. There's an open guy, and so the open guy is going to get the ball, and um, our offense just stags, stagnates, and it ends up in – this is our overtime shot cheap sheet, by the way. Russ driving layup makes it. Russ fadeaway bank shot makes it. Russ pull-up jump shot misses. LeBron missed jump shot. Russ missed jump and, shot. Russ and missed at this, jump shot. I was going to say, after after that, Russ's two layups, and then he missed that jump shot, right at that right after that is when they started playing disres- disrespectful level of defense on yeah. him. Just like, even when he had the ball, they just had whoever, like Cornette basically was guarding him, and they just had Cornette and Tatum dropped all the way back off of him, just basically doubling AD in front of his face. And then he, at one point, had a three wide open three on the wing, and he even passed it up to LeBron. And LeBron just passed it right back with like a, basically an attitude of like, bro, I don't know what you want me to do. Like, you see this paint? Just like, take the freaking shot. Let's go back on D. Like, it was ridiculous. I just like couldn't believe it. And then, yeah, like, they essentially made the game like, Y'all are getting the most wide open rust jumpers of all time. Good freaking luck. Like that's basically what their defense was. <laughs> Yo, I I know Russ has regressed from an MVP uh <clears throat> level of play that he used to be at, but I have no idea where that little mid range jumper he used to have has gone. It's still in Oklahoma man. City. Like it's it's yeah, in a, it gotta be. It's in a shrine in Oklahoma it's a City. It's somewhere yeah. there and sitting there. Yeah. It's with his key to the city. He was, <laughs> you rarely see he was getting like free throw line butt naked open jumpers and just that wasn't even that that wasn't tired legs, in my opinion. No. That was just no. like no like bricks. Dude, you go straight up. You, you go watch his um like those OKC um, playoffs when they went to the NBA Finals, bro. His mid-range jumper was one of the best weapons that they had on the freaking team, and it's just and it's just freaking gone now. Um, let me get let me get my little rant out here, though. We can continue oh, to talk ready. about it. So the word that just kept came, coming up in my mind as I was watching, you know, the end of that game. Can't well for the view or for the listeners. I didn't watch this. Uh, second half live watched it today uh wednesday when we're recording it and all i could think of was the word complacency like i feel you look up complacency in the dictionary and you'll see every single thing that the lakers did in the final four minutes of regulation like and we talked about this right before the pod i'll bring it up so lakers were up by 13 with four minutes left not like 4 44 40 like 45 or 430 Four minutes, basically, on the dot. They're up by 13. I think it was 106-93. LeBron shoots an open three-pointer with eight seconds left on the shot clock. Sure, whatever. He was open. LeBron AD was on the uh, on the block. Would have liked it to go to him. Whatever. LeBron's open with a three-pointer. Take it. He misses it. It's whatever. Celtics get the ball. And as you should do every time you're playing against Lakers, you should just push the ball up the floor. They push the ball up the floor. Uh, and... From what I could see, everyone was kind of back and matched up. AD is matched up on Grant Williams, who's filling in on the wing. Grant Williams gets the ball in the wing and just shoots an uncontested three-pointer. AD makes a business decision, doesn't close out, just watched him shoot it. 
makes it okay, whatever. Ten point game. Like I said, I think at this point it was like three forty five left. Then LeBron just inbounds the ball. Most careless pass I've ever seen to Russ, who never catches the ball with any urgency in these moments, like in a backcourt. He just stands there with his freaking hands up like a T Rex. <laughs> Marcus Smart, defense player of the year, sneaks on in, steals it. And of course, yeah, at that point, the play is basically screwed. But I watch it again. LeBron could have jumped up and stuffed the absolute blank out of Marcus Smart's layup when he when he stole it. Instead, LeBron was already putting up his hands as like Marcus Smart is rising up for the layup with his like, what the heck just happened there, fellas? You just threw the ball to Marcus Smart is what just happened there, fellas. And whatever. AD and LeBron. AD didn't do that closeout, but there were about three to four freaking closeouts LeBron just chose to not do. Period, just not do. And they were all at times where the Lakers were up by five, up by seven, up by eight, whatever. LeBron's basically not doing those, thinking, we'll give them this. We got them on the other end. That is the definition of complacency and thinking your shit doesn't stink when it's the stinkiest stuff in the world. (laughs) Like, and... uh, and the, I'm pretty sure the telecast, and I don't know, you guys can tell me more because you watched it live. I'm pretty sure the telecast reported that LeBron and AD basically told, basically said, like, we're not coming out of the game. Like, I think around, like, six minutes left from the fourth, like, I think they were supposed to get a rest for, like, two minutes and come back in. They said, nah, we're playing this entire fourth. Like, whatever, big dogs. Okay? I give LeBron, we give LeBron, especially LeBron, and these guys credit all the time for knowing their bodies and all this and all that. How about you two know your bodies well enough so that you don't dog it on defense for the rest of the game and the potential overtime that you're about to be like, you can't just be thinking like, Oh, if he hits this three, it's still a five point game. We'll get this on that. like, no, you guys are like, you guys can't have that mindset ever. And they sure as hell can't have that mindset when they're 11 and 15 coming to the game on their home court against the Boston freaking Celtics, you know, put the rivalry aside one of the best if not the best team in the NBA right now and like I just couldn't believe it while I was watching it like there was one play they just did a simple pick at the top of the screen the Celtics did and side to side pick and LeBron just like he doesn't guard he just didn't go over there he no, just, just decided he, not to. It wasn't even a, one of those closeouts where, like, the guy catched it and it's the guy that LeBron just stopped guarding on the weak side and LeBron just looks at him. It was, it was Marcus Smart. Mm. It was quite literally he stopped guarding. And, like, I just couldn't believe it. And, you know, I mean, I guess it's easier to get mad about this when I knew the result watching it. But, like, I mean... I was kind of rolling my eyes at like AD saying, you know, like, or like, like, honestly, like Raj, you were kind of saying like, you know, I can't really blame AD and I can't really, but like, it's more, it's more than those free throws basically is what I'm saying. And it's, they just got no dog in them. That was, that was the absolute definition of dudes that straight up do not have any grit or dog in them. And honestly, I'm mostly mad about this because I thought we left this type of stuff. uh, Yeah. Back in last season. Like, you know, the like this is completely different from the Philly game. Like, the Lakers really should not have been no, yeah. in that Philly game at the end. They The Lakers thoroughly outplayed the Celtics in the third quarter um, and at the beginning of the fourth quarter. Like, they don't have any business really being in with the Celtics, but I thought they had a good 
half court defense game plan in the third quarter. And I thought they were just firing on all cylinders and they had that game won. And then they just rested on their laurels, tried to play the numbers game and they got screwed. And there's my well, rant. You, well, no, really great rant. And I think just to <laughs> add, just to add to it, to add to like, do they have that dog in them? Look at the body language. So rewatching the fourth quarter, just watch the body language of both of the teams when both teams realize it's crunch time, right? Like like when it when both teams were like, oh shit, this is this is go time. Look at the eyes of like Tatum and Brown and then look at our team. Like two teams obviously in different positions on the standings, but we're here right now. We're t- this is right now. We're up and that that play you were talking about with LeBron, we were up five and Reggie Miller was like the Celtics don't really need a three, but you know they could use a three right here. It would really help. And LeBron's just like, yeah, I'll just let Marcus Smart curl into an open three, shooting like forty-seven percent on open threes. Let Marcus Smart just curl in. And Marcus Smart's one of those mfers who's like, oh, you thought it was over? Like you could tell, like mm-hmm. even when he made that layup on the inbound, he's like, oh, you all think it's over? And like Marcus Smart hits three to cut it to two. Um, but like, yeah, just watch like the body language of those dudes. And I could tell once it went to overtime, like you probably weren't, weren't really winning that. I'm about to start saying some mean stuff. Marcus Smart showed more dog in him in that game than LeBron showed all freaking season. All right. I was going to lump AD on that, but nah, AD has been a monster this year. Like, I just don't get it. Like it's, there's Every single game is a must win. And then you guys got the Boston Celtics down by 13 with four minutes left. Speaking of Reggie Miller, I was giggling my little tush off watching the game because <laughs> Reggie Miller was writing the Celtics eulogy with like four minutes yeah. left of the game. And I was just laughing because he was like, wow, you know, doing his like terrible commentary. He's so bad. Uh, just like talking about like, man, it's really embarrassing that the Celtics are going to drop this. You know, they were up by so much. And I just started laughing. I'm like, wow, Reggie, you, uh, and like that was right for that sequence. I talked about happened. I think Candace was like, uh, Candace Parker. She was like, well, this is kind of the Lakers, you know, they have these yeah. big runs, but then I was like, okay, Candace knows Candace, Candace says, Candace has seen the fast and the furious movies, Rod. She knows where this is going. Um, <laughs> Yeah, man, I, I don't know. Walt, well, well, you any any comments on my on my rant? Was it a good one? Nah, it's spot on, man. Uh-huh. I actually thought the way that the Sixers game went, I would say that the Celtics would have been what the Sixers, and we would have been. I don't know. Where it, it the game kind of went the same way, except it ended with the home team actually losing. Mm-hmm. We like did the stuff that the Sixers didn't do. Yeah. Um, and that's just. I don't know, man. Like, you really just – if you're trying to build momentum and turn this thing around, you can't, like – you can't lose those kind of games, man. You can't shoot yourself in the foot because you just get you too far behind. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? You're trying to catch up in the standings. Like, every game you've – whether, you know, you take the front office stuff out of it and all the things we love to rile ourselves up about. Like, at the end of the day, like, you've got yourself in that, you know, that rut that you're in. Like, letting these games go where you've had – a chokehold on them. Like you you had the nail like driven into the chest of these proverbial vampiric games and you just letting them go. So like it's gonna catch up with you. And it's gonna be up to them to get dog in them or whatever you want to say. Um and stop like can you get, can you get, can you get dog in you? Like can, uh, is that uh, like 
something you can acquire, Walt? Like, is, still... is that like in you? Hey, if you get a BBL, <laughs> oh, what's man. the what's the what's the dog in you version of a BBL? A basketball. Um, basketball. No, I, I'm not gonna yeah. try that. I'm not... A basketball. <laughs> Doing like I like we'll we'll figure something out. I like where you hit it, right? Maybe like maybe like just like <laughs> maybe just like getting punched in the face, like literally. <laughs> maybe just just like taking oh, one, face just taking one to the jaw. Like that's how you get some, you know, some artificial dog in you. Like you know, I feel like I feel like that's, that's puts I, a little... but that's not real dog. Then you have artificial dog. Like that's like oh well, no, yeah, it's, you, it's not yeah, what well, we it's, want. It's artificial. You're not you you're not born with it. You're just you're molded. You're molded into having the dog in you. But yeah, no, I'm still looking for the, uh, still looking through NBA.com. They always like to hide the stat pages. I'm looking for the dog, the dog stat page. I know it's, I know it's in here somewhere, maybe buried in like that, that, that clutch page, uh, which is well, honestly funny enough that they have a, a clutch like page, but what were you going to say, Raj? Oh yeah. So I was just going through, yeah, I lost the stat page for that. Um, but yeah, I was going through the clutch, uh, the clutch stats here and, um again lfr pod uh pete you know went through today and said he went and looked at all the russell westbrook jump shots um and i believe he said that he saw russ was like three for 18 or something on jump shots in the clutch three for 18 um and i kind of want to just quiz you guys because i think this is like extremely Mm. uh and kind of interesting uh like who takes the most shots in crunch time uh, so if I can get this to the Lakers, yes, doing this while talking. All right, yeah. So <laughs> most attempts in crunch time. Um, who do you think it is in the most NBA? In cr- no, for us, for our team. Most attempts in clutch time. Um, I'm gonna say Russ. <laughs> I feel like that's not the answer, but it feels like the answer. It's close. He's second. Um, so Le- LeBron is first in crunch okay, time. I was gonna and say Russell LeBron. These plus, these plus minuses, first of all, are ridiculous. So, mind you, clutch time is only the the final five minutes in a game that's within five points, right? Yeah. That's crunch time. How the NBA classifies it. LeBron is a minus twenty five in crunch time. Minus twenty five. In crunch time, Russell Westbrook this year, minus 36 in crunch time. Let me keep going. <laughs> Anthony Davis, minus 23 in crunch time. Like, what the hell? Russell Westbrook is 4 for 19 by NBA standards in crunch time. 4 for 19. He's 1 of 5 on threes, which doesn't feel right to me. I feel like he's taking more threes in those type of games, but 1 for 5. LeBron is 9 for 25. It's okay. I mean, 36% on crunch time. AD is 7 for 16. But 4 for 19 for us in our crunch time offense moments. And That's bad. I would also I would also love to see the distribution of uh first of all, don't take this as a challenge to find it out cuz I know that finding <laughs> the stat is hard to see, but I would love to know what percentage of those attempts for all three of those guys are open or wide open? I gotta imagine oh, nearly man. all of Russ's oh. are open or wide open, and then LeBron and ADs are like heavily guarded, obviously. Um, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm just so confused. Like, they just can't play Russ down the stretch anymore. 
Like, I know, like, sure, he has these good, you know, great games leading up to the fourth quarter. It's like you want to reward him, yada, yada, yada. Nah, actually, I don't get it because we got to be done with that. Like, you can't do it. You just can't do it. Like, you were showing it in that freaking overtime game against the Sixers. The paint was collapsing because they, like, Harden wasn't even paying attention to Russ in the corner. And, you know, like, more times than not, his terrible shooting is going to junk up the game for LeBron, AD, Reeves, Lonnie, dudes that are actually well-rounded offensive players. Like, and I know, like, the stands, the Russ stands will bring up, like, oh, what about that Bucks game, that hustle? You guys love all that hustle. I'm sorry, that Bucks game is the outlier. Like, that doesn't happen often. That happens never. The Celtics game, the 76ers game, the Trailblazers game earlier in the year, those are situations that happen far more often than the Bucks one. I can't even think of another situation this year other than that Bucks game where Russ was a plus just player in the crunch in crunch time. And I can't believe, cannot believe this is happening one game after they sat Russ for an entire fourth quarter and they had I I mean that might have been the most chill fourth quarter we've had in some time against the Pistons. Like, and yeah, I know it's the Pistons, like, probably could have won even if Russ was in there. But I don't get, like, and granted, I didn't see the quotes after either of these games. I don't get why he automatically gets to play the entire fourth and overtime versus freaking Boston Celtics when we benched him against the Pistons. Like, Like, are they not watching? Like, if he, if this continues and they continue to play him down the stretch... I'm convinced that they don't actually watch these fourth quarters in the film room. Like, I'm serious. Like, how do they watch like the that film you put together and think like, uh, like ah, uh, we can we can work around this. Like, no, what work around that? Like, how are you gonna work around that? That's the well, that's the elephant in the room, though, right? Like, that's the convers like you know that's the conversation that I don't know Darwin Ham can ever have. Like, how, how can you go to Russell Westbrook and be like? Yeah, regardless of how well you play one through three, you're not closing. And I don't think that's a conversation he can have. And I think that's a conversation that needs to be had, but I don't think it will. So You know what? Actually, I'll take this because this is kind of going into a situation of like, how about we just do the things that help the team the most? So yeah. I kind of feel like that's a good way to transition into talking about good old Patrick Beverly. Um, so (laughs) I think I don't know what game was it where Ham kind of said I think he said this before the game like this is what the starting lineup is going to be for a bit he basically said Uh, two games ago two games ago so he basically said like the starting lineup of AD, LeBron Bev uh, Lonnie and Schroeder right Right, yeah, I believe it was right He's, after AD came back from being uh, sick. sick. So whatever, whenever that was, I think that was the um, that would have been the seventy sixers game then. Yes, he was out that's for the, the one. So yes. he said that. So I don't know what some time is or whatever his quote is, but I'm assuming that's going to be the starting line <laughs> for at least at least for some until, time. <laughs> at least until our next pod, if that the next three to four pods, sadly. Ugh. Um. I'm sorry. We can't be doing this anymore. Patrick Beverly stinks. Like, I don't need to look up stats or anything about it. I don't need to, like, you know, get analytical about it. 
he somehow made two three pointers. First of all, I have to look up. I I wanted to look up. That's got to be the first time he's hit two three pointers in one game this season, right? Got to be. Yes. I still Did don't think he scored the... ten. I still don't think he scored ten points in a game this season. He scored two three pointers against the Celtics. I think they might have been close to back to back, and he still yes. found a way to blow two of the easiest layups you've ever seen and just oh, make God, me that was... scream internally. Like, uh, and then it. I just, I feel like, you know, going back to Raj saying we've watched the same movie over and over, I feel like we're going back to last season of not actually thinking, just thinking about it too much, thinking about it too much and not playing our best guys. Like, tell me why I'm looking at these minutes, seeing Patrick Beverly play 18 minutes in a game, seeing Austin Reeves play 35 freaking minutes and Reeves is not starting the game. He won't start the yeah, game I, in, the, in the next game. That makes zero sense. I don't. I just don't get it. And we, you know, I, it makes some like theoretical sense. Like you want to fit Russ <laughs> and Austin together, but if they're both playing thirty-five minutes a game, then you're just ceremon- ceremoniously not yeah, starting exactly. them just for this, you know, whatever political or theoretical reason. I know, Donnie. You said you didn't want numbers, but I'm sorry. Like the numbers <laughs> are. Too loud. I'm sorry, Walt, Donnie. I'm giving you numbers. Um, Patrick Beverly and Dennis Schroeder, eight games together, by the way. Uh, that's, our, that's our starting backcourt. That's who we have decided to put up so as our starting a, backcourt. So I was about to start going at Schroeder during that. Uh, I'm actually going to be – I think I'm going to be writing this tomorrow. But okay. ever since first Silver Screen roll, actually – Sorry to the podcast of Lakers Outsiders. Uh, I've been thinking about this ever since that Cavs game. We can't be trotting out a backcourt of Patrick Beverly and Dennis Schroeder against the likes of like Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland. No, like, I you know... could just stop. You could just stop at we can't be trotting out. Don't need. Yeah. Don't need exactly. any. Exactly. No, I hundred percent. Well, Let's not stand on ceremony. There's no. There's no backcourt in the NBA. That is worse than that to to yeah like really there's no hyperbole like, yeah we have the I, that's so insane like people don't talk about that enough which just in all sports it pissed me off about like how we look at reputation and stuff they are the worst starting backcourt in the NBA and that can be fixed easily <laughs> like internally I mean you know what I'm saying not even trying to get into like the fantastical stuff the like that. That just doesn't work. The starters and the closers should be AD, LeBron, Austin Reeves, Lonnie Walker, and Troy Brown. I was going to say Troy Brown. If you if you can't look me in my face and tell me that's not the best Lakers lineup. You just can't tell me that. For, for any situation, opening, closing, middle, that's the best. That's the best five man lineup the Lakers can put out there. So why, like, why do we? Why instead are we like, nah? Let's just start these two pipsqueaks who are terrible on offense at point guard and shooting guard. Yeah, and look, these. So they played eight games together, Beverly and Dennis Schroeder. Honestly, I didn't think Dennis Schroeder would be catapulted to some elite, you know, level on this team where his role you're, you're was so. You already said the important. P word. Politics. But go on. Yeah, but he's a vet min 
guy. Like, it's not a guy you traded for. You didn't give anything up for. You got him on the vet min two months after the offseason was over, really. But anyway, he comes back. So they've played eight games together. 123 minutes. That doesn't really sound like a lot, but that's around 16 minutes a game. And it's your starter. So it's like the first eight of, like, each half. They're a minus eight net rating together. And again, this is with LeBron and AD on the floor with them. It's awful. It's just an awful guard rotation. And I, like, you list the pros and cons. If people still list pros and cons list, you get, like, intense. It's just just dog or no dog (laughs) list now, Raj. Just, (laughs) you get some intense full court defense. And then you just get all the other shit. <laughs> it's just I don't get it. I don't I don't understand. I'm I'm losing my mind watching them to kick drive and kick to each other. <laughs> like that's doing Oh doing man. Anything. Okay. You know, we focus so much on um the end of the game against the Celtics. There was one play. I don't even know what, what time it happened in the game. It was just straight up Russ and Pat Bev switching back and forth, doing handoffs between the block and the corner. They did it like three oh, yes. times. And then it ended in, I don't even know which one of them shot the three-pointer. Just a brick. Russ shot the open three. Yeah, I posted and, that. And this was all, yeah, and this just... was all with like 12 seconds left on the shot clock still. And I was just watching. I was like, yeah. Like, and I think this is when like LeBron and AD were both on the court, like as well. At least one of them was on the court. Eight. AD was on the floor. Mm-hmm. Honestly, it doesn't matter who the three other players are. Guarantee there's better shots to be had. <laughs> Guarantee there's better sets and shots to be had on the floor, no matter who's the other three players. Could be freaking Max Christie, Thomas Bryant, and Darvin Ham out there. I think there's better ways to freaking, you know, get some shots up on the offensive end than having Pat Bev and Russ handoffs for uh, to resolve one of them shooting a three. Well, how do you feel about Patrick Beverly? Yay or nay? <laughs> man, I think Patrick Beverly getting a, a raw deal, man. Nah, I'm joking. <laughs> I just think, man, at the end of the day, man, when, when numbers are saying one thing and the tape is saying the same thing, you, you got to go ahead and make the move. Like, yeah, we give, you know, Darvin Ham his props for benching Russ, but I think I've said it before. Like, starting Bell pretty much nullified it. You know what I'm saying? Like you just traded one problem for another problem, and it wouldn't like hurt so bad if it wasn't so political. Because clearly, it's like a a promise to him, at least from my vantage point. I don't know what y'all think about it. So, I, and I think that's you know, can I curse? Yeah, I think it's bullshit. Like, cause that goes into the whole conversation about like <clears throat> the our complaints about the front office and stuff with like mishandling resources and time and like doing like, like it's no reason he should be starting, man. None. Like I can't be convinced. Like there's just no reason. Um, Actually shout out to Alex regular from silver screen and roll. Uh, Here's some wild stats. He was pulling up today from cleaning the glass. So these are lineups with LeBron and AD. And then I'm basically going to say the other three players and what the net rating is with those lineups. Mm-hmm. Uh, so LeBron and AD are assumed. Here's the first one. Westbrook, Beverly, Schroeder. Actually, let me start from the bottom. 
Westbrook, Beverly, Nunn, minus 24.6 net rating with LeBron and AD. Schroeder, Beverly, Nunn, minus 54.4. Actually, now I say that, I'm not 100% sure if LeBron and AD is included in this, so I'm going to say <laughs> not. Westbrook, Beverly, Nunn, minus 24.6. Schroeder, Beverly, and Nunn, minus 54.4 net rating. And then the nice little cherry on top, Westbrook, Beverly, Schroeder. Westbrook Beverly Shooter. That's two of our uh, top five highest paid players. Two of our top four. Sorry, two of our top four highest paid yeah. players on the team. Westbrook and Beverly. Westbrook Beverly and Shooter are posting a minus seventy three point four net rating. There's like Wall said. There's no. There's no excuse for this anymore, other than politics. Like there's just nothing else. Politics are hurting Bev's feelings. I don't care about either. I don't care about either. We're eleven and sixteen. Like what politics? Like what exactly? What are we? Like, what are you running for? I, more more fun stats. Russ and Schroeder minus twenty one point eight together. Why are they playing together? Thirteen games. Yeah. We have a we have a good enough sample. Thirteen games minus twenty one point eight. We're giving up a one twenty five defensive rating when those two play. We're bleeding. Points. Like I'm at the point right now, and I know you two are going to be with me on this one, and this is getting a little drastic. I'm at the point right now that I'm just completely not convinced that if we just had Max Christie in on all the Pat Bev minutes this year, we wouldn't be like 500 right now. <laughs> Yo, it's honestly getting it's, that point. It is time because yeah, he. Again, it goes to the politics. Like, yeah, you want to hold your Ricky back. You don't want to overexpose him. But I think he's proven himself. Like, in like, it ain't just been, you know, sometimes you can throw somebody like a rookie out at the end of the first quarter, end of the first half or something, and just mm-hmm. kind of have him play a few minutes. Nah, man. He get in there and, like, mix it up. He held a rebounder, which we struggle mm-hmm. rebounding the ball from uh, at least from the backcourt and the wing, um, the wing position. Like, he get in there and mix it up, rebounds, and he holds his own on defense. I seen him guarding uh, Anthony Simons, like, mm-hmm. and just sitting on Anthony Simons. And mm-hmm. I was, like, super impressed. Because I seen Anthony Simons, like, mixing, uh, mixing Kawhi Leonard up yep. one time. And I was like, Jesus Christ. But I think he's he had his COVID bout, so maybe he just got to get back in game shape or whatever. Christy. But, yeah. yeah, I'm with you. If you replace Pat Bev Miz minutes with his and you know whoever else i think it'll be a plus outcome so play jta man like what like, yeah what do you have to lose like play your wings they can't Torf- shoot anyway like there's like i think the i think, <laughs> I think he ham, ham had a nice realization like oh i need to play troy brown a lot in the Celtics game because freaking look at all these wings but troy brown i think could play against anyone and they don't need to have a ton of wings on the team for you to play troy brown a lot like he has been far better than Bev. Like I know they do. I know they're different players and they do different things. But in terms of Bev, Lonnie and Austin Reeves, we, they've got it. And adding a little bit of Schroeder, you know, we still got Russ playing a ton of minutes. I don't even know if he should like. He shouldn't even really be in the rotation with the way he's been stinking up the joint this year. If he was in, he's him and none have not really played that much differently from each other. In terms of offense, I guess I'll say that. But, like, their offensive games have not been, been that much different from each other. 
none is banished. <laughs> like, I mean, none gets in there for like whatever, like to like make sure someone doesn't die out there on the court. But like, none's gone, man. Uh, I don't know. And I actually wanted to point out one little statistic. This is going back a little bit into our conversations, but I forgot to say this. Uh, when they were spamming Russ and AD pick and rolls in overtime, worked out the first couple times. He got some layups, but they just kept going to it, kept going to it. Uh, Austin Reeves and Lonnie Walker, were, and, and they were doing that. They were, you know, keeping the ball out of LeBron's hands because I'm assuming he was exhausted. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lonnie Walker and Austin Reeves are on the court. You know that, right, guys? Like, they can run pick and rolls with AD as well. So I was like, let me just look at, like, what um, – Points per possession, what Lonnie, Austin Reeves, and Russ do. Points per possession as pick-and-roll ball handlers. All right. Lonnie Walker, 1.06 points per possession, 88th percentile in the NBA. Austin Reeves, 0.95 points per possession, 71st percentile in the NBA. Russell Westbrook, 0.64 points per possession, 14th percentile in the NBA. Like, Like, have your... Like do have the best outcome on possessions. Don't actively go towards the dumbest thing. I just don't really get it. I don't know. Do you, you get Raj? Do you got anything else before I uh, entertain La- myself? Yeah. Last thing, because I think you know both of us have been on the Lonnie Walker train ever since it hit the Lakers tracks. Like I think we've kind of been on the Lonnie Walker train. I think the the consequence that's happened, you know, with Schroeder starting and then Russell Westbrook, you know, basically in command of our second units. I think it's impacted Lonnie as well. That's been like the secret kind of consequence of all this. All his shots, like Walt, Donnie, are like catch and shoot or it's in transition. That's like why when he gets the ball in transition, he feels like this is my time. Like this is or like when it's a a slightly open three, like he's taking it and he's making it. He's hitting like 45 percent or some shit on threes but it just feel like we lost the like trying to add Schroeder it feels like we lost the Lonnie Walker third option guy you know like we lost him mm-hmm. in the process of trying to find Dennis and find Russ and I think we found Russ like we found Russ has found the, like we, a home we, in we found the best year. way the best way to use Russ yes in well, in two quarters. In addition, yeah, I was gonna say we need to add the part of not playing him in, in yeah. the clutch times, but yeah, everything up to that point, we found secret recipe for him. Yeah, but like trying to find Dennis to me has lost the plot of Lonnie Walker. Like you forgot you had a fucking twenty-three-year-old dude who can hit jumpers, jump out of the gym, athletic, skilled, finish with hang time, hit pull-up jump shots, and you're like, yeah, let's see if Dennis shoot. Let's get Dennis Schroeder going. And this is like game 15 of trying to do that. And you've just, Lonnie Walker now sits in the corner. Remember Austin Reeves is getting all these like pick and roll ball handling positions. We're like, yeah, oh shit, Austin's like our like, point guard. That's just not happened in the last few games now. No, not at all. Austin had, how many shots did he have? Now, it's six shots. He was having a little bit of a rough stretch around and sure. heading into that Cleveland game. But then that 76ers game was enough. Everything I needed to see was like, okay, well. That rough stretch is over. Austin's back. <laughs> yeah, six shots against the Pistons, including two huge game-winning like threes to put the mm-hmm. game away. And then Boston, he shoots six times. Like I and- think that's the consequence. That's like what's going on here. You have LeBron, Dennis, 
and Lonnie, and obviously Lonnie's the third pigeon there because he's the only off-ball threat. So, like, of course Dennis will have the basketball because if Dennis doesn't have the basketball, then what is he doing on the court? Um, I think that's the consequence that I've seen. It's really impacted Lonnie Walker, which is sad because I think Lonnie has been a really fun, like, dude to just watch and be like, oh, shit, we have a guy who's massively outplayed his contract and maybe is even a young piece we want to pay a nice chunk of change this summer and we're throwing that away to get Dennis Schroeder going like it's it we we just uh, need to like we just need to take Pat Bev and Schroeder and combine them into one person so that we don't have to give each of them minutes and we can just have one small annoying bad at offense point guard how about that who can't shoot put Pat Bev and Pat Bev and Dennis together you still have no shooting Hey, I'm hey. I'm trying to find. I'm trying to make this roster work. All right, this is what Palinka gave me, and I'm trying to make it work. We need to use science and combine them into one person. Well, let's go ahead and get to put that. You know, here, how about this? Let's give ourselves a pat on the back. I'm looking at it. We're 49 minutes in. We haven't talked about trades. No trades. All right, let's pack it up. <laughs> oh, yeah. dog. Uh, I got to have yeah. some fun. Um, no, I mean, that might be a record for a Lakers podcast in the last, like, what, three or four months? Going 49 yeah. minutes without talking, saying no the mention word trade? Of, no mention of... I actually uh, don't even think we said the word trade. That's crazy. No. No mention of Huddy Beald or... Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, here. here. All right, let's get into it. Towels, Murner. Yeah, no mention of any of those. And now I'm gonna ruin it. All right, I want you guys. And I'm not actually. All right, let me let me throw Buddy Heald in here. Actually, no, that'll make this too hard. All right, here I'll throw in Buddy Heald. All right, I'm gonna have you two rank these guys for me. These are all guys who have either been explicitly tied to the Lakers, or it's like, yeah, the Lakers are probably would trade for that guy. So these are. Examples of trading none, Beverly, and a first for one of these guys. So rank these five guys in order of like most desired to least desired. Okay. Okay. Bogdanovich, Kuzma, Buddy Heald, Gary Trent, Eric Gordon. Oh God. <laughs> Got a little random, but these are these are guys that are you know uh, Eric Pink has had a point or had a post. Uh, this week, and all these guys are in there linked. They're all wing shooters that the Lakers have either looked at in the past or are currently looking at. Um, are the packages the same for all of them? Like, is the Pat Bev none and a first? Okay, for sure. all these guys. So, yeah, that take that in consideration. I can look up their contracts too. I know obviously Kuzma would be getting an extension, Bogdanovich is what two or three years on his deal. Eric Gordon, I know, has two. Uh, Buddy Heald has two. I think Gary Trent's the same way. Those might have, like, player options, but they're like, it's like, come on, these guys are accepting their player options. Let's be real. <laughs> so, I guess, here, let me give mine first. I would say... Okay. I would say... Buddy... Hmm... Mm. 
No, okay, I'm sticking my sticking to my heart. I'm going Kuzma okay. number one. Kuzma okay. number one. Bogdanovich number two. Heald three. Trent Jr. four. Eric Gordon five. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Raj, what are you thinking? Man, I'm having a really tough time flipping. By the way, this isn't even the fun part. My the fun part <laughs> are these four trade scenarios that I worked out in the in the trade machine. They're diabolical. Jeez. I honestly think I would probably take Kuz. <laughs> that package to me doesn't get you Kuz, but like I, I think that's the to me though, I think Bogdanovich is like my favorite out of these. Like I think Kuz is the best uh, how do you say it? Bang for your buck. Like if yeah. that's what you're giving out, then Kyle Kuzma is a hell of a get back. I think Bogdanovich just like watching him is like that's what this team needs. Like that, like that level of just because Buddy Heels as well. I think would would fit that. Um, but hey, you kind of you kind of sounded like the Lakers uh, front office watching that Pistons game. Like, hey, who's this guy? We gotta get this guy in here. What's his name? Bajan. <laughs> Is he a rookie? Never heard of him. Is that how you pronounce it? Bajan? <laughs> what if he had a shot at that guy in the offseason? Yo, have we, have we poked around on that guy? Yeah, yeah, Rob. Yeah, yeah, we have. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah, we have. Yeah, we know. Oh, we know all about man. it. Come on, <laughs> man. We Somebody did. have, like, the facts that they sent. Like, they actually accepted our trade offer owner over the summer, but nobody did we, was in Did we have a trade with the Pistons recently? I thought we traded with them. No, yeah, crazy? we traded uh Svee Svi for uh yes. Reggie Bullock. Yes, we, uh, there we go. We there stole we stole mana from heaven from them back. Yep, and yep, pretty much. Yeah, KCP. that wasn't, wasn't it wasn't a trade. I just I just yeah. wanted to make them. I just wanted to make the mana from. We heaven did reference. you know give KCP a lot more than anyone else I think was even coming close to that summer. But uh, um, yeah, and he was sure as hell overpaid in that first season of his. He he turned it around though. He turned. He it did hundred percent, hundred percent. So there's a through line there, right? There's a line of communication. They have our number not blocked. We have their number not blocked. Like there's a there's a through line of communication. I think uh, Bogdanovich is my favorite. I think Gary Trent uh, doesn't doesn't excite me. Um, and then uh, yeah, Eric Gordon would just be. Like giving up a first round for a guy who might hit the buyer, the buyout market would be really rough. Um, so, yeah, I think I, I think healed is fun because he comes with like this other package of Turner. I think that's like why the buddy healed is attractive. But I go Kuz and Bogdanovich is my favorites. What about you, Walt? Hmm, like y'all not gonna like what I got to say. Oh, oh no. Uh, anyway, I think I, I think, think I know he's going. You know it. You know it. Gary Trent number one. Uh oh no, Kuz number one. Okay. Just from a chemistry standpoint, um, getting some continuity back. This is a different Kuz, Walt. There's no continuity coming back. This is a different (laughs) Kuz. Look, he coming back for the numbers, baby. Contract year Kuz, different. I want that locker. (laughs) I want that locker. What are you talking about? Yeah, he's, he's about to be. He's about to be like Jeremy Lin waving off Kobe that one year. He's just gonna grab the ball like LeBron. Get the get over there. Get over there. Man. <laughs> well, I will hope he bring those things, but he's the top of my list. Okay. And yeah, you know, I got a you know, I got a basketball man crush on Gary Trent Jr. Yeah. Knockdown three point shooter. Defender. Somebody who wanna play full court defense. Okay. Actually over six five. Um, got the braids. I like he's, I like guys he's, with hair and He's far and away the best perimeter defender of 
all these guys. Yeah, sneaky, got some athleticism about him. Uh, just young enough to, you know what I'm saying, if it hits, you keep him around. Mm-hmm. That's a guy you give money to and you got the money to spend. It's a starting shooting guard, and that bring that stability to the backcourt. And speaking of like, speaking of uh, open lines of communication, we already know Masai and Clink were talking it up about THT at this previous trade deadline um, yep. mm-hmm. a lot. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm surprised they haven't been more directly connected to Gary Trent Jr. I still think that's someone that they would be kicking the tires on. Um same as Eric. I don't know. This would be the second year in a row, right? Because last year, yeah, yeah, wasn't it reports? Yeah, well, I think the I think like Gary Trent was involved in with like those THD conversations, right, Raj? Yeah, yeah, I, I believe so. Um, but you know, any player that Masai Ujiri is just like, yeah, I'm cool, right? Or Toronto's like, yeah, I'm good. I, 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 you know, I have I poke, I, I try to you know look a little closer. Um. Or a player that the Miami Heat are like, yeah, you can walk away from the minimum. Should have probably, I should have probably looked a little closer. Um, Raj, Raj, you are teeing me up for the next segment. <laughs> Let's get into it. All right, this next one, you guys, no reactions other than here's your allowed reactions. Absolutely, I'm gonna present. So in this situation, we traded Bev none and a first for one of those five guys I said before. It doesn't matter. Okay. Now, this is what I kind of expect the Lakers to do. I expect them to do that Bev none in a first deal for someone, and then I expect them to hold on to Russ, and then at the trade deadline try and flip Russ, and, or and or that other first rounder for something, or okay, not. Anything. So this is a hypothetical of we made a trade for one of those five guys. We got him. It's February. We're poking around on Russ deals. People are more willing to hear us out because they don't have, you know, at that point they're paying them like, I don't even know, 15 mil of that 47 mil once we get around to the all-star break. Um, Anyways, and then who knows who's going to be extremely desperate? Who knows who's going to be out of the playoff race in either conference at that point? So I cooked up four trade scenarios. We've never, no one's ever really discussed. Eh, The first one has been discussed ad nauseum. All right, so picture all that, picture all that, and your reactions can only be, absolutely, I'll do that. Hell no. Shrug emoji? Like, eh, eh. Or or if you think it's the most unrealistic thing ever, the fourth reaction can be, shut up, Donnie. That's the other one. All right? Would you do, after getting one of those five guys, would you do Russ and one first-round pick for DeMar DeRozan and Nikola Vucevic. Shut up, Donnie. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, you joke now, but you're you are going to say hey, it for these at are least the, one. These are the these these were the responses I was given to to use. So I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna use them. You're saying shut up, Donnie, because you think it's unrealistic, mm. or you don't want it. Oh, I forgot. Okay. Uh, hell yeah. no. Okay. Okay. Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 You got it. You got it now. Hell no. Right. Walt. What about you? I do it. Okay, I'm. Yeah, one first rounder. One first rounder. So you're going with absolutely. I'm. Absolutely. I'm between shrug emoji and absolutely for one first. All right, we'll move on before Raj is. Oh man, 
This, this is when we were getting oh, real man. funny. All right. So this is Russ. Wait, hold on. I just want to make sure I'm understanding. This is Russell Westbrook and a first round pick for, for DeRozan, who has, I believe, two more seasons at a whopping 30 something million dollars. And then Vucevic, who I think is a free agent. Raj, December. would you rather the $30 million be going to DeRozan or Kyrie Irving? How about that? Well, actually, you'd probably rather. Maybe I'm not going to do you know what? How about we Go just ahead. get some good role players that are ma- that make you know, a mid-sized Saturday? How about that? How about if, we just go with that? They don't Blinka, need to have an all-star if, appearance. If Rob Blinka was listening right now, he'd be laughing his ass off. <laughs> good role players? You're talking about multiple? No. <laughs> All right, I got to get into Okay, I got three more. Let me, I'm trying to think of which one I should start with. Now, these are ones that are not rumored whatsoever. This is me pulling okay. this out of, out of my hat <laughs> for entertainment. Mm, and I'll paint the picture for why I think this could be realistic. All right. All right. <laughs> Russell Westbrook in a first round pick for Gary Trent Jr. OG Anunobi and Chris Boucher from the Raptors. How many first round picks are going in this deal? Oh, but we one first round, but we already traded the other first rounder. <laughs> Wait, where'd mm. the other one go? Well, uh, let's just say in this situation, we got Bojan Bogdanovic for Bev okay. Nunn in a first. For a round. first, okay. So we're adding OG Gary Trent Boucher and Bogdanovic. For all of our trade assets this year, uh, you've lost your mind. Okay, all right, all right. There you go. <laughs> I was gonna say you could say it. You could say it. You could say it. Well, um, have, I, have I lost my mind? Yeah, you lost your mind. Ah, all right, all right, all right. Moving on. Okay. Uh, I got would probably cost. You could probably call Toronto for two OG Ananobi for two first, and they might hang up. I don't know. I don't know. They're weird. I feel like they're kind of weird about OG. I he's really good. He's. I like, agree. I agree that OG and Anobi and Gary Trent Jr. together should get you two first rounders. But hey, hey, I said that one first out of these. Uh, yeah, let's three. get let's get that one out. <laughs> okay. Hmm. Look, I call these, that in tomorrow, of, Donnie. One like of these that, is the I most, would. I, one of these is the most random thing. Okay. And I, I and okay, I'll just say it right now I hate this deal, but it's just a random one I thought of. This team is uh definitely not off to the start that they thought they'd be off to this year. Okay. Um they don't really have any any draft compensation trade assets in the near future or okay. in the far future. So I'm thinking they might continue to have a pretty bad year. And they might be willing to kind of, you know, restock the uh, asset pile at the end of the year, even if it is just one first. But with this deal, they could also uh, get off some uh, somewhat long-term money and get Russ's expiring. Here's the deal. Russell Westbrook, one first rounder. And we're getting D'Angelo Russell, Tareen Prince, Nas Reed and Austin Rivers from the Minnesota Timberwolves. Go. Reactions. Man, mine equal lost. 
I can't I can't do it, man. That's a big time shut up, Donnie. Cause the cause the Timberwolves aren't doing it or that deal sticks out loud. Yes. Well, all right all right all right i got one final one this one i actually somewhat believe in my heart that this could happen and i think i would strongly consider this okay if i was the lakers all right let's hear this one here let me paint the picture the same way i did it it worked really well the first time (laughs) Let me paint another picture for you guys. Uh, this team is currently uh, where are they at? This team is currently fourteen and fifteen. Mm-hmm. They're in the mm-hmm. play-in right now. Okay. I would definitely say for their standards, they're definitely off to not even close to the start that they would have hoped for. I think I know the team, but okay. I don't really like I don't really know where their season's going from here. It could end up going very well in the next two months and everything I'm saying means nothing. But they could end up they could stay they could stay five they could stay five (laughs) hundred for a while and decide, you know what, let's kind of let's not blow it up, but let's kind of let's rock the table a little bit. And and cherry on top, this team is the first team to be reported as a team that would bring Russell Westbrook in upon a buyout after a trade. So there's even, even if it's the smallest bit of interest, it's at least something. All right. Here's the trade. Russell Westbrook, one first round pick. We're getting Kyle Lowry and Duncan Robinson, baby. Let's go. What are we thinking? I think Raj I Raj is entertaining it. I don't I don't hate it, which I think is like my most endearing compliment <laughs> on this trade. That's this you is just, the best reaction I've got to all these trades. Yeah, so. this is I don't hate that. I think the Duncan Robinson is a really expensive tax to like have to take on. Uh, this is but, this is like out of every single trade that's ever been thought of yeah. for the Lakers. This is a big chunk of long-term money that they're taking on. Also, Kyle Lowry is a lot older than I even think he is. Kyle, Kyle is, Lowry in this deal is, uh, I, I think I'm valuing Duncan Robinson a little bit more. <laughs> let's just, ooh, let's just put it a, that way. That's a rough deal. Um, well. And I'm, I'm kind of worried about Miami's, you know, leftovers. Like, I think we've uh, experienced one of them. This uh, one of them this year, so I'd be nervous about that. Oh, but damn, I um, forgot about Kendrick Nunn. I was like, "Who are you talking about?" <laughs> do you think? Do you think that is? Do you think I'm crazy for thinking the Heat would take that deal if they like continue to struggle? Actually, not crazy. The Heat are the one team that seem just like in their own world enough to be like, "Yeah, we can bring Russ on." And obviously, Russ. and obviously, this is clearing a ton of long-term money for them, where they can be players in the cap uh, with their cap, like this summer and next summer. You might sneakily be able to do this without a first. I mean, you might sneakily just be able to be like, "Hey, I'm telling you. here's here's Russell Westbrook. He comes off the books. Give us Kyle Lowry, who has another year on, and give us a Duncan Robinson, who has like another year on." 
So and then we got we'll call it so, a day. So then we got AD, LeBron, Bojan Bogdanovic, Kyle Lowry, Duncan Robinson, Austin Reeves, Lonnie Walker, Troy Brown. Pick up our boy Stanley Johnson from the airport in San Antonio. Let's roll. Let's go, baby. Heck yeah, we back, baby. Well, do you think I'm crazy for thinking Pat Riley would do that deal? <laughs> yeah, of course. But <laughs> hey, the season is crazy. We all crazy, man. Why I'm not? I'm gonna I'm gonna keep holding on to that thought, even though, or keep holding on to this hope. Um, I don't have any others for you. What what's a what's what's a dumber one that I came up with the the Raptors one or the Timberwolves one? The Raptors weren't all dumb, man. Just, <laughs> the Bulls the Bulls one the Bulls one might as well be reali- be reality. That's yeah. That's the in, Bulls one is actually cards. reported. I uh, I guess I've just cards. heard. Yeah, I've heard OG on Ananobi's like name through podcast <laughs> as a guy that would be a lot to get. Um, like I think like to me I think Portland should have traded for him. I think they had mm-hmm. like a two first. Yeah plus heart to pair OG and Jeremy Grant and Dame. Like that would have been just a good team, I think. Ferocious. Ferocious would you team. do yeah. how about this? Would you do Russ no first round picks for DeRozan and Vooch at the trade deadline? After trading one of our first for like Bogdanovich in January or something. We trade for DeRozan and Vooch, and then and then in the summer we got two first rounders we can trade. Yeah, I think I would probably do that. Yeah, get a DeRozan for no draft capital. But then why did the Bulls do that? Um, get off DeRozan's money, I guess. We're not here to talk about what the Bulls would do. All right, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That's a very kind of kind of. Kind of places back into realism and reality, and you know, um, clear some cap space. They ain't paying Vooch anyways. No, yeah, he's been bad. But, but you've got a good point. On, I'm sure someone would pony up a first round pick for DeRozan and Vooch. But that's a lot of that's a lot of salary you got to match. How many people out there? How many people out there have a 47 million dollar expiring dude on their roster? Not a lot. Yeah, not a lot. Um, well, anyways, thanks for thanks for entertaining my absolutely ludicrous <laughs> trades that I came up with in the thirty minutes before this pod. I was cracking up seeing the word success come up for that Timberwolves one. Just cracking up. <laughs> I was I was basically just trying to think of teams that like I think are are going to continue being kind of bad. Um, is this is this D'Angelo Russell's final year in that? Deal. So I was gonna say another part of that is, uh, D- yeah, D'Angelo Russell's on his final year, and I don't know. But he's having his he's having his is. worst year. He's having his worst year in the final year of the contract. Then I guess he's been bad. I nasty think. Hey, that's just ice bad. His, that's just ice in his veins, brother. That's just that's just you know what? Actually, he's now you lot. say that that's you know he's now a, you say that he's got no dog in him. He's got no. Dog well, he. <laughs> He's a lot younger than I would think. He's only twenty six. Yeah, feels like that. Feels like I mean, like realistically, he should have another like eight to ten years in the league. Feels like D'Angelo Russell's been in the league. Should we forever. should we revisit the deal? Nah, I'm kidding. Nah, let's let's. Oh, remember we were oh. we were linked Taurine, to D'Angelo. Ta- now you remember I said Taurine Prince, right? That's a way. <laughs> But we were nah. linked to D'Angelo Russell, right? During his free agency, um, I think a little it was, bit. Yeah, no, it was. Um, 
No, I no, I legitimately thought D'Angelo was going to be a Laker again. I'm trying to think when this was. This was that year we gave the money to Danny Green, like 15 million of it. But I, I was going to say, I, I was going to say, I think this was the Kawhi summer. It was the Kawhi summer. I think at yeah. first, I think at first it was like there was a lot of murmurs that D'Lo was going to go back to the Lakers. Yeah, he just had his best year yeah. in Brooklyn. Made the All Star <laughs> yep. team that yep. year. I was, so, um, I was ready for it. I was like, let's go, like bring him back bring him back i still i still had a little love in my heart for him from his lakers days but now i'm now i kind of think he's shown everything he has to show for who so, he's going to be to be honest so, someone said darius garland is like what d'angelo russell was supposed to kind of be in <laughs> darius, garland, darius garland is what d'lo thinks he is I'll, I'll, well, like I'll when the Lakers, uh, yeah, 100%. Right? Like, that's like, I always thought about that. Could that have Darius Garland, too. That comp <laughs> kind of makes sense. Like, D Lo came out as this, like, scoring guy mm-hmm. who can facilitate a little bit and never just hit that ceiling of it. But I think Darius Garland has kind of hit that. So, um, yeah, still hated well, that trade at the time. But. Hey. I'm glad I'm glad we went 50 minutes without talking about trades just so I could dish out some of the most unholy trades you could ever you could ever come up with. Um Well, Donnie, you have a lot more time for that. I don't think uh I'm in the minority, I guess. I don't think December 15th <laughs> is going to ring some notification. Uh Yeah, and, actually here, yeah. if you're still listening if you're still listening to us, happy December 15th. Woo! The Lakers are not going to make a trade. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> happy December 15th day. Oh man, yeah. I don't think a trade's happening until January. Whatever. Um, let's go ahead and just wrap it up there. Uh, thank you, two gentlemen, for entertaining that absolute nonsense uh, and just talking to me about how the Lakers have no dog in them uh, to start the pot. We will be back at some point next week. Um, like I said at the beginning of the pod, you know, this was a sad pod. Previous pod was a happy pod. The pod before that was a sad one. So. I'm going to predict the next week we're going to be feeling a little bit more happy if that trend continues. Um, I don't actually believe that, actually. But we'll see. Um, we'll see you guys next time. Uh, check out the site for some content that's going to be coming up soon. Check us out on TikTok. Check out me and Raj out all over the freaking place. Check Walt out. Just check us out, man. Um, we'll see you guys next time. Thank you very much for listening. And see you then.